0: Hello, everybody. This is RJ Cure, and welcome back to That Comic Show. Yes, I'm finally back with the third episode of this podcast, and I'm very excited to be back. This has been a- this has been <laughs> a long time coming, what it feels like. It's been- over two weeks now since I last recorded the last episode, and I apologize, uh, and I apologize, I want to apologize right at the start of the show for the fact that I have not been able to keep up on a weekly basis, slash even by weekly basis, really, um, so yeah, um, there's just been a lot going on, and it's been hard to find times, I've learned to record this podcast, um, with the other people that are in this house, so, Yeah, but I'm glad to finally be back with episode number three. Um, I did not give up on this project. It is still going strong. I have a lot of passion for this project. It is not going to go away anytime soon um, that I can foresee. Anyways... In today's episode, we have some fun stuff. Uh, we have the regular segments, What I'm Reading and Comic Spotlight. Uh, in Comic Spotlight, I'm going to be talking about a comic I really enjoy. And um, I'll go into details why I reread this comic and why it's my Comic Spotlight later when I talk about it. There's a good reason why this is my pick this uh, episode. And in What I'm Reading, I have two big stacks in front of me of all the comics I've read over the past two, two and a half weeks. Um. Well, we're waiting to get around to record this episode, and holy shit, I've read a lot. So I can't wait to talk to you guys about all the titles and all the issues of these comics and that I've read, all these different comics and titles that I've read. And for the main event, as I like to say, because I'm a wrestling fan, but the main attraction of this episode, as you've gathered from the title, uh, is I'm going to be doing retro reviews of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 movies, minus Incredible Hulk. So I'm going to be doing reviews of Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America the First Avenger, and The Avengers all in this one episode, I will not be doing um, the Refuse by Phase normally, but uh, because I had already watched up through um, the first two Iron Mans and Thor and Half Captain America when I made this decision a couple weeks back, um, that I had watched them like last month or so before that, maybe longer than that in some cases, that I decided that uh, I wanted to do Refuse for them because I was in the middle of the captain america movie and then i w- just watched defenders last week and i was like you know I reviewed Black Widow. I'd kind of like to review all the Marvel uh, MCU movies. And maybe even I'll go into the shows at some point. But we'll see. Um, I want to start off the movies. And I thought it'd be nice if I could uh, review them all. And have, have them all have ratings on the uh, epic scale that I debuted with the Black Widow review in the first episode. So instead of uh, going into some of the stuff I mentioned at the end of the last episode. Like some of my favorite characters and stuff. Uh, I will do that in a different episode. And we're going to focus on the MCU Phase 1 movie retro reviews um technically for the captain america movie it was my first time actually watching the movie like i'd seen parts of it before but i'd never actually sat down and watched the full movie so that was very fun and i'll talk about that more later on and um i won't be doing big groupings like this for move movie for these movie reviews and stuff for comic book related adaptations um but I just wanted to do it for phase one since there was only five of them, and I thought it'd be nice to start from a bang and start off by getting uh, quite a few out of the way. Anyways, I think we're gonna move on with the podcast, and I'm gonna go into what I'm reading next. So stay tuned, as I have plenty of comics to talk to you about. Like I mentioned in the tease of what was to come, I have a shitload of comics to talk to you guys about from what i have read over the last two two and a half weeks in between these episodes and i i wish i could uh i wish i had the ability at the moment to like show you guys but i don't um at least right now um and honestly <laughs> it, i think you'll get the gist i think you'll get the gist of how uh much i read as we go through here but yes, two huge stacks in front of me. I've uh, read a ton of different titles and uh, issues across multiple different publishers. A uh, very wide variety of stuff that i read over the last two, two and a half weeks. And I'm very excited to talk to you guys about it. So we're going to start off. I'm going in alphabetical order. Because that's how I put the comics. After I'm done, so it's easy to sort them. Um, and we are starting off. Uh with Superman Action Comics issue number one thousand twenty-nine. Um so I read the first I, I read the f- whole first month of Infinite Frontier releases with all of March's DC releases over uh in the break between episodes. Um so there's gonna be a lot of DC in here. Um but like I said, there's a big variety over multiple publishers. But we are gonna start off with a DC title here. I read the one issue of Action Comics of 1029. Um, and the main story um here is a second is a second part of a two part story which which started in the Superman um issue. Um, so Action Comics is a pretty good issue. It also has a backup story of Midnighter, which is uh, Midnighter stuff. Since each state's been pretty good, um, very intrigued. Um, definitely not one of the. I wouldn't say either. Superman was necessarily one of the. Uh, Uh, either of them were necessarily any of the best reads from this first month of infinite frontier but they were pretty dang solid i was kind of surprised with how much i enjoyed this and as we'll talk about later on superman um would i recommend this uh philip kennedy johnson jumped on as writer for the superman stuff um i actually would recommend you give this a shot and judge for yourself whether um you may want to continue on with some superman stuff but yeah Anyway, gotta move on now. We can't spend too much time on each uh, comic or else we're going to be screwed. Uh, next up from Images is a one-shot called Aria Heavenly Creatures. Uh, I believe this reprints material that was originally uh, printed in 2000, but they uh, brought it and put it all in this one one shot or whatever. This was a... Um, I thought I was going to honestly enjoy this more than I did. Um, it This wasn't terrible or anything. It was just... Very wordy, which is sometimes a great thing, but in this case, it was too wordy for my liking, and I I understand it to an extent because it's only a one-shot, but I don't know. its Too much was packed in here. It almost felt like it would have been nice to have more time to unpack it with more than just a one shot uh like if this had uh, even if this had been a one shot and launched into uh like a series of of new content coming out it would have been kind of cool i do like these creators which is why i picked this up uh i'm a big fan of haberlin or haberlin however you say uh, his name apologies um so that's why i uh, got it and i'm glad i didn't pick up one of each i was going to but the issue was more expensive so i just decided to get the a cover but yeah would i recommend this i can't say i would um there's probably people out there that would enjoy this much more than me but that's just how i feel and we're gonna move on now with the um The second fan I read for the Infinite Frontier releases of March for DC, of course, I started with Infinite Frontier number 0, which we'll be talking about in a bit, but the second comic I read was Batman, issue number 106, um, James Tinian continued his Batman run, by the way, big news came out, uh, I might do a little, I might do a little, uh, news segment, which I didn't mention, um. At the start, but I honestly just fought off on the fly that I could do it. Uh, I have uh, more to talk about with Tinian, but we will save that for a whole different segment. Um, George Jim- George Jimenez uh, on art here. Main, st- main story and backup story are all pretty good. Um, main story is a l- little slow starting off with getting back into the just the fins and where, uh, James Tinian's is gonna take uh Gotham City. Um, so I had the it wasn't like it was a bit of a slow start, but we were we're getting to bigger stuff, and you can tell that there is good stuff coming. And honestly, this was still a good read. So yeah, some people might call this filler, but it wasn't really that fillerish uh in my opinion um this also featured a backup story about robin which is part one of two of the robin uh of a robin story that leads up to his ongoing that he gets next month in april from when these titles came out um so yeah that was the robin story was also really good Uh, and we'll talk more about the robin story when it uh when we get to the issue of the detective comics Would I recommend Batman? Yes, James James Tinian's run on Batman has been awesome. I would recommend reading it. But, as we will discuss later, he um, is not going to be around uh, after a while. So, we'll discuss that next. Um, Next comic I read was Batman Catwoman issue number 4. Which was a fine read. Um, it got better as it went along I still say issue 3, the last issue was my favorite uh, issue of the series so far I've honestly been a little disappointed in this title, I would not say I recommend this title yet I still have hope that by the end of this title I will appreciate it and I hope that it gets really good but right now I, uh, I can honestly say I'm disappointed in the title so far Underwhelming next up is batman superman issue number 16 in one of the most unique comics i've read all year this was a pretty this was a pretty fucking cool comic quite honestly jean Gene Gene and jean jean lewin yang jumps on to write the, the title I, is it ivan rice i think is on art uh, here um uh, right, it's great writing uh the writer's known to be pretty good although most times when he's on a title it gets canceled which is a shame because he's uh his terrific run should have gotten longer slash been able to actually finish in print and um and this uh batman superman is in the 22 after he's just jumped on here at 16 so i mean yeah um bit of a shame uh that he that his stuff always ends up getting cancelled, but I guess I don't, I didn't really know how long this Batman Superman run did have in it, truly, so I guess it's not fully shocking. Um, But this issue is a gimmick where a lot, the story plays out in film ro- roles, and there's like, it's like, it takes place in different universes and stuff, and at the top you get a, a Superman story, and at the bottom you get a Batman story, or you can choose to read them, you can read them individually, or at the same time, Very cool concept. I definitely recommend this. I was shocked with how good this was. Truly interesting stuff going on with the start of this Batman Superman run, and it has me excited to read more. So, I can't say much else besides that. Next up, we have Batman Urban Legends, issue number one in this anthology series, which I think is a brilliant idea that they launched because they need fit. They needed something to get more characters uh, out there uh, without giving them their own titles that were bound to get cancelled and stuff. So this was perfect. Um, in Urban Legends, there's four uh, stories in issue. Uh, we got part one of six of A Red Hood Story by Chip Sidersky, which was brilliant the red hood story was my favorite in here grifter story part one of three was also really good harley quinn poison ivy story was awesome the weakest story of the bunch in my opinion was the outsider story but i didn't really enjoy the outsider stuff in future state either uh honestly since um brian hill's run on batman the outsider with Dexter extra and some other artists and it i've definitely lost interest in the outsiders i don't think the content is as good but that's just me um would i recommend urban legends yes and actually in their issue just, just came out this past week uh it, tim drake spoiler alert was explore, was exploring his sexuality and that became a big deal so that was pretty cool and this this title honestly has some cool stuff going on in it next up uh i read the first half and talked about it in um in the last episode of the podcast Um but yeah, um, and the title was Batman white and eight percents Harley Quinn uh we talked about it she's one through three in the last episode, and I obviously one of the first spins I ended up reading after that last episode was the rest of the series for four through six, and I said as of Issue 3, I think I'm pretty sure I said that I wouldn't have recommended the title necessarily. And I was going to wait to give them the full analysis after I read the full six issues. And after the full six issues, I can say I would recommend the series. I mean, if you had been reading the Batman White Knight stuff anyway, then you should have been getting the title anyway. Um, But this is definitely, this was definitely a good read. Um, I think it really pulled itself together in the second half by a lot the second half was a lot better than the first. I think the last two issues, like I, the last two issues, were my favorite. Um, I read them very close together. The, like I still took a little break between four and five, but the issue five and six, I was very into. Um, so yes, I would recommend Batman: White Knight Percent Harley Quinn. Next up is Captain America: Anniversary Tributes, uh, one shot which cele- celebrates the 80th anniversary of the Star Spangled Defender. Um, Oversized one shot Collecting a couple stories from Captain America Comics number one And then uh When he returns in Avengers number four Honestly Honestly the stories aren't that great But the reprints done by different artists the, Each artist gets a page A story it's, it's a cool concept If you love Captain America I would recommend it for that If you're just If you're just I don't know I wouldn't I wouldn't go to your way to find this unless you're a Captain America fan, is all I can really say. I am a Captain America fan. I got enough enjoyment out of this to justify the price. And it let me read these uh, old stories I never got to read. They kind of suck, for the most part. But it's still cool to see. So that's a, that's about all I can say about that. Next up is Catwoman, issue number 29. Uh, Ram V continuing such getting a fresh start to his run on Catwoman. Um, nice that this comic is regular price. Lovely, Blanco's art is lovely as well. We get the introduction of a new character in here, who I believe is called White White Witch, but it's spelled like W I G H T. Uh, we get a little peek at uh Father Fally again, which he's a cool character that's debuted in Ramsey's run. There is a lot going on in this uh, first. Uh, in the first issue in infinite frontier and there's a lot of cool stuff the comet looks like uh red in here um th- there was a lot going on here this is really good yes i would i would recommend catwoman uh, i'm glad catwoman is finally starting to find its groove it feels like since ramfy's taken over Next up, uh, another title that I read uh, half of before, and now I've read the other half up. Uh, that's up to this point released. Uh, I r- talked about Coffin Bound issues one through four, four slash the first story arc, and now i read five through eight for the second story arc, and. This title is very inconsistent. At times, I love it and how unique, in terms of a. St- in terms of a concept for a title, it is and also how unique the art is. I really don't like Danny's art, but sometimes I'm like, it's so different, I almost can't help but like it at times. And some of the stylistic choices that are made in certain issues are like, it's wow. Like, there was an issue that was mostly black and white, and I, which I think was issue, yeah, it was issue seven, the second last issue up to this point. Um, Which, spoiler alert, the main character transfers in this arc to um, one of the characters that was in the first arc. Because the character first arc does end up dying. Um, So, another character takes over here. And, yeah, and she ends up dying number 7. But the most issue was in black and white. And it was pretty cool, um, the meaning behind it. Um, There's a lot of hidden context. This is a deep read. Um, I necessarily am not going to recommend this title. Um because honestly it's not one of my favorite indie books I've read. It's at times this was a disappointing title to, to read, but there is some interesting stuff going on in this title at the same time, I will say. In, in issue eight, we get another our third main character. We get a second main character switch, so we have a third main character. Who honestly I can't remember, but she may have died in that issue as well, I think. Um it, this title is interesting in its approach. And there's not any main character so far has not stuck around for long, and it's very interesting. And I'm wondering if and when this title is going to come back for a third arc. Um, and if it does, will I jump in and buy it? Probably, since I've gotten up to this point. So yeah. Moving on next to Crime Syndicate issue number one of six from DC. A good start to this mini series. This is a fun enough not free Uh wasn't anything spectacular. It's got a good it's got a damn good creative team, really. Um would I recommend this? Not necessarily. It is interesting to see what's uh is building up in the uh new version of Earth three since uh Infinite Frontier started, but I can't necessarily say I would recommend it, but I mean there is some cool stuff going on. I it, if you have the money, the extra money to spend, and you're interested in the concept of, um, F, uh, flipped, or a first Earth, where good guys are bad, and bad guys good, and stuff, and, and seeing the new version of Earth 3, since the, uh, Infinite Frontier started, then, yeah, check it out, I mean, yeah, it's only six issue mini, so... Next up is the oversized fountain's day one shot DC. Love is a battlefield. Uh, I honestly don't remember most of the stories that were in this. I remember there was a really good, really great um, Perry White and Amanda Waller story in here. Uh, the Poison Ivy Harley Quinn story was awesome as well. Besides that, I really can't point out much else at the moment. I, I read this. This was pretty early on in the DC reads, so yeah. I but. Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, for a one-shot anthology fin, I mean, it actually wasn't that good, but there was enough stories in here that I enjoyed it. Would I recommend it? Not really, unless you like these oversized one-shots. And sure, go ahead. It's it's a fine. It's it's fine for an oversized one-shot. These oversized one-shots are never really that impressive that they do. There was some really fun stories in this one though that kind of made up for the shit ones. So yeah. Next up is Batman Detective Comics, issue one thousand and thirty-four. Um, which contains the second part of the Robin story, something that was ongoing. I really enjoyed this first issue of Detective Comics by Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora. Awesome creative team, by the way. I also wanna say that um semi unsurprisingly to me, I actually did enjoy this more than the main Batman, which is interesting. I'm I, I am a pretty big Mariko Tamaki fan, though. Her writing's great. Then more of this great art. A lot's going on here. This is a more grounded Batman story where it's not so much. I mean, he's gonna be taking on his fair share of films and stuff. Then there's new characters coming, new films, blah blah blah. This is a more grounded Batman story, and we even get to see like he he's lost his fortune. He's not in the Wayne Manor anymore. He's living in a well-off neighborhood still, but he ha- he actually has neighbors, and it's cool to see Bruce Wayne in that environment. I'm very excited to read more of this. Yes, I would recommend Detective Comics if you hadn't figured that out. The Batman titles are pretty good nowadays. Um, next up, I read the full 10-issue series of Doctor Doom. Um, This was a really good story, um, but did have some... Uh, did have some inconsistent moments. Um, if you're a Doctor Doom fan, this can get a little, not necessarily deep, but a little in-depth at times of a read. Um, I did highly enjoy it for the most part. Um, for some of the second arc, there was a couple issues I didn't care for as much, like issues 7 and 8, I believe. I don't think those ones were as good, but if they pull it back around for 9 and 10, Christopher Cantwell did. I really like Christopher Cantwell's writing. This is probably... Um, I don't think this was his best work, but it was pretty good. The first arc was really solid, and the start of the second arc was alright, but issue 7 and 8 kind of dropped down, but then 9 and 10 really pulled it back, so, um, I can't really decide if I would recommend this or not. Honestly, if you're a Doctor Doom fan, I don't think it'll hurt to read. It's pretty damn interesting. Um, there's some big stuff going on in here. Um if you don't really have any um relationship to the character probably stay away because if all you know dr doom is, is one of the big bads and that's what he's supposed to be uh you may not like this but i don't know he ends up proving to be one of the big bads by the end but still it's a journey for him to go fully into that as well, because he actually plans to go to the heroic side for most of the title. Next up, speaking of Christopher Cantwell, a funny coincidence, I read Everything from uh, issues 1 through 5, the first volume from Dark Horse, finally get around to reading this, uh, the second Burger Brooks title from Christopher Cantwell after She Could Fly. I loved She Could Fly, one of my favorite indies I've read, and Every Everything was pretty damn good. Doesn't quite um doesn't quite live up to she could fly but this actually ended up being surprisingly good and i'm very i'm actually very excited to um read the second volume whatever the hell that's gonna happen so yeah would i recommend it yeah i'd recommend everything as in the title not all the fans are reading next up is excellence issue number 10 from image brandon thomas and kerry randolph uh, excellence finally came back with another issue. I can't remember if Eleven's out now or not. I think it's supposed to be. Um, I haven't gotten it yet though. Uh, I've been reading this title as it's been coming out, which has been a nice change of pace. Uh, although not really because this title has had huge, um, huge breaks, which have been very annoying. But whatever. I mean, we're still in the second arc here, and it's been been having a lot of breaks. But I I think at the end it comes together well, not, uh, good enough that I don't mind it. Too bad. Um, this was a really good issue. I did have to readjust a little bit, so I took some time to kind of fully get myself back in the headspace of the title. But when I got there, I was like, oh damn, this is quite good. And now I'm like, oh damn, I'm caught up again, and now I don't have anything more to read for it. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, um, I recommend Excellence. I really do. One of the more underrated indies, I think, going from Image currently um i cannot wait for the schedule to catch up hopefully and to come out more frequently at some point next up again from image is xor sisters issue number six technically the first issue of a five-part story arc and the other four issues never came out in singles just like they were supposed to because the fucking pandemic. down um and now they're getting released in trades so and i get to the decide if i want to pick up that trade or not and if i do i might as well just get the first trade as well so we will see about that i don't know but Really enjoyable read. This has been a shockingly good title. Really funny. Really good. Um, would I recommend it? If it hadn't gone the trade, I probably would have recommended. It. And it's not so spectacular and special that it's very unique or anything. So I wouldn't say at you. I I don't. I wouldn't say I recommend it. Though this is a really good read. Next up, Fantastic Four Grand Design uh, fuck this title, the Grand sign Titles took so long to read, so in-depth, um, they were fun to a certain extent, and they are, it was fun to read at times, but overall, fuck it, I really, if I don't have to read another Grand Signed title, I wouldn't complain, um, honestly, I would not recommend it unless you're really that interested in the past of Fantastic Four, but they only go so far into actually going for everything and going it properly. and it, it, it's, so yeah, I don't know. I'm very conflicted on the Grand Sign title, because so they're, they're cool, while also just being dregs to read. Moving on, back to some DC, I got The Flash, issue number 768, um, starting off a new run on The Flash, um, I forget the guy's first name, but something Adams, um, And i don't know the creators on this but they're pretty good um this is a great first issue um i'm actually very excited to read the flash again um quite good ever since i picked up the flash the flash has been one of my favorite dc titles same thing goes for wonder woman i can't believe i didn't jump through them sooner uh they were both ones i had wanted to been reading since rebirth but i wasn't reading like any DC when Rebirth started. I wasn't really I was barely in the comics still like uh with getting away too many releases, but yeah. Very good start. I would recommend it. Um I'm loving that Wally West is technically back as the main flash. Well we still get some Barry Allen in here, like a lot of Barry Allen still in here. And we even got guest stars with Mr Terrific and Green Arrow. Damn good read in my opinion we also got some guest star action with the rest adjustedly because of the context of the story with wally wanting to get rid of his speed and not wanting to be here anymore which ends up backfiring of course but yeah really good I recommend it and it leaves with a great cliffhanger can't wait to read the next issue next up is a ghost rider uh, issues one through seven plus the one shot mother of uh, mother of darkness the mother of dark the mother of demons excuse me one shot uh, from the spirit of the uh, from the spirits of the ghost rider. Uh. So I read all of Ed Bryson's Ghost Rider run, uh, at least up to this point. There was supposed to be more issues, and yet again another title canceled from the pandemic. I don't know if he's ever gonna be able to come back and do more, but this Ghost Rider is pretty good. Uh, it I would recommend this because it was good besides the fact that's that it hasn't gone anywhere for a while, so yeah, I mean it's up to you really um it's a hard call, but I'm not gonna necessarily recommend it, even though it's really good and then Ed Bryson's actually a local to me as well he's he lives like an hour to an hour and a half away like he's he, there's a few guy a big there's a few guys really making names at Marvel right now. Him and Jed McKay that are both local to me. And it's really cool. Uh, next up from DC. We got at least two, if not more. DC releases in a row. I think we got more than that. Yeah, we do. We have we have fucking... <laughs> we have five in a row from DC here. So we're going to be in DC for a while. We've got Harley Quinn. issue she number one? She's back in Gotham. Um, she has... Some interesting character development going on. Pretty fun story going on here. But shit fucking art, in my opinion. Because I hate Riley Rosman's art. I'm tired of seeing his art around. Like, it's not... It's not necessarily the worst art I've seen. But I... Come on. I don't... I don't know. I'm just not a big Riley Rosman fan. I respect it. And he probably tries really hard. And a lot of people do like his stuff. But personally, I... Wouldn't complain if I never saw *Ralph Mazard again, but since *Green Harley Quinn*, I'm gonna be seeing it a lot. Um, fun first issue. Um, if you can get past the art, yes, I would recommend it. Um, honestly, it wasn't anything that spectacular. I'd recommend it just because it's *Harley Quinn* and it's the first issue, uh, and I want you to be the judge. Uh, Otherwise, it wasn't necessarily all that spectacular. Stephanie Phillips is a pretty good writer, but she is still up and coming and kind of finding a groove in some respects still, uh, I think. And she has the potential to take Carly Quinn in great places, uh, but we will see how that works out. Um, If she proves me right, right, like I think she will, and this title ends up being a really fun read and quite a good read, then I will be sticking with the title, and it could end up being one of the uh, Dark Horse reads from DC. Uh, each month and um yeah but if it ends up not being all that great i might end up dropping it because i don't if the story is not all that great i don't really want to look at the art so we'll see how it goes Infinite Frontier number zero from DC, uh, kicked off the whole new direction, a lot of stuff going on here, a lot of stuff to set up most of the titles, some of which I've already talked with, well, not most, but to set up a lot of the titles going on for Infinite Frontier, and teased more of the upcoming months, and then gave us uh, a tease of a big bad coming in, spoiler dark Darkseid, very good. Definitely recommend because it, it gives you a lot of information coming up. One of my favorite moments in here, if not, my favorite moment was Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern. Spoiler alert, comes out as gay to his kids. Very good. A lot of the issue is us seeing fans from Diana's eyes with the love and try, with um, whatever their collective names is. She's technically dead, and, and, but she ends up coming back. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I can't, don't have time to go into it all. Read it for yourself. I recommend it joker the joker issue number one from james Tinian, and gillian martin Julie- march on arts um really good team uh pretty good story jim gordon has been hired to take out the joker once for all aka kill him or they've approached him with that he hasn't technically accepted it yet i believe um if i remember correctly really really good not as I had built up my expectations a lot for this, so it probably was a little underwhelming for me, but still really good. Punchline Backup Story was really good. Um, definitely recommend this. It's it's kind of hard not to. Definitely the best Joker comic I've read because all the other like solo spotlight and ones, like the Year the Phone ones, sucked. So, yeah. One of my favorite reads of these whole two big stacks. Not my favorite. I will tell you what my favorite is when we get to it. One of my favorite reads... Uh especially from the DC stuff was Justice League issue number fifty-nine. I would say this was my second favorite read after one that we will get to in a little bit here. Brian Michael Bundes, David Marquez, Reconnect and have taken over Justice League. And this was an awesome read. Justice League Dark has a backup story here as well. That was also a good start to that. Very good. A cool new team for Justice League. A couple members technically aren't on the team yet, with Black Adam and Naomi, but they, they, you know, they're coming there. I actually don't even know/slash think that Hippolcha showed up yet, but damn, this um, this uh, was really good, uh, and the characterization was really good. Um, can't wait to read more. Yes, I recommend it. The more Just League is supported, the better, because I want Brian McBendish to get a long run on the title, because I think he's going to... It feels like peak Bendis might be returning. Like, this has potential to be... Uh, it, it, this has potential to be an awesome run, possibly an iconic run if Bendis has given the reins for a while. Um, and honestly, it, it, if, if peak Bendis might be returning and with this, it almost feels like... And quite honestly, if... As long as he keeps on the path, it could be one of the best things he's done, at least in a while. So, so fucking let, it, let him at it. I read the first two issues of Man Bat. Uh, I wouldn't recommend this title, quite honestly, but it is a pretty fun read, nonetheless. It's a five issue mini series. I do have all the issues, I just haven't, I need to catch up. Um, pretty good. I enjoyed the second issue more than the first. First issue was a little slow. Uh Suicide Squad, the old Suicide Squad team, uh with the original rebirth title showed up in issue two, and that was fun. And we got we're supposed to get more Harley Quinn in issue three. I'm actually really excited for issue three, so it should be fun. I read Marvel Forces Legacy one shot, which celebrated Black History Month. Um there were some really fun stories in here. I honestly thought they were gonna be um I didn't think all the stories were gonna be so short. I was a little disappointed in that. Um, I thought there was going to be a better collection of stories quite honestly, but I mean, it wasn't terrible I'd recommend it for the fact that they're celebrating Black History Month because that's awesome uh, it wasn't anything special to read, but I mean, whatever, there was some pretty good stuff in here um, the Storm story was uh, pretty good, it had a pretty good message in it um, Blades was kind of fun but yeah Next up, Marvel Zombies Resurrection. One of the first fins I read after the last episode. Um, all four issues, and there's actually a tease of more Marvel Zombies stuff to come with this uh, story. Uh, pretty good. I wouldn't recommend it. I was a little underwhelmed, so disappointed. But this was actually also at the same time surprisingly good. Um, I think part of my problem was after the wait between the one shot that kicked this all off and this miniseries and now there's supposed to be more and there still hasn't been the and, and the more hasn't come out yet still. The gaps between everything and this wasn't like so spectacular to justify those gaps in my opinion but whatever. Next up is Nightwing issue number 78. I finally jumped into Nightwing cuz Tom Taylor is writing it, Bruno Redondo's on art. Um a spectacular art from Bruno Redondo here. Holy shit, he's doing great stuff here. And holy shit, Tom Taylor knocked his comic out of the park. This was my favorite DC read um of this month's releases. Um and this is honestly I think one of my favorite single issues I've ever read in all of my comics reading uh that I've had over the past fucking 7 years. Um holy shit, this was an awesome read. I highly recommend it. Please go pick up the night rain run. Support it as much as you can because I want Tom Taylor to have as long as as long of a run as he can with the character because he is treating Nightwing like he's important, uh like he could be an A-list character he kind of almost should be in the dc universe um we get introduced to a three-legged dog that dick ends up taking in uh Barbara gordon shows up in this issue An emotion uh night given um what was owed to him from alfred's death in terms of estate and stuff and he kind of becomes rich and also reads a heartfelt letter to uh, from alfred and it's just really good really really good please read it Next up from Dynamite, I read a Red Sonja miniseries, The Price of Blood, um, I wouldn't recommend this, um, I ended up enjoying it a decent amount, but it was really slow for the first issue, issue and a half, so, yeah, I mean, last issue was probably my favorite, it ended up being an alright read, but for a while there was looking iffy on it, I almost regretted picking it up uh, with the first issue, but yeah. I also read Red, Fa- Red Sonja, Fountain's Day Special 2021. This um, this was fun at times, but also not that special. I wouldn't recommend it. It was it had its fun in it, but it's like it wasn't that great either. The Riverdale presents self side serpents one shot from Archie. Um, I can't tell if this actually is a Riverdale Showtime, or if it's a, uh, it, or if it's just an Archie comic in a different world, and it's saying the town of Riverdale presents the Self-Side Serpents, this is a uh, universe where Self-Side Serpents r- rule, because this does not, this continuity in this comic does not line up with the show at all, so I'm thinking it's the lather, but it's hard to say. Fun read, um, I, uh, part of the reason I enjoyed this so much is they break up a, a uh, a white supremacist reality, so that was my favorite part Uh, I was shocked by that Um, I wouldn't honestly recommend it, but I really enjoyed it, I'm a huge Archie fan, so yeah I read some more Rorschach with issues number 5 and 6, which means I'm halfway through the title now holy shit, this Rorschach title from Tom King and George A. Fornas has been really good and i highly recommend it It i think this is my favorite tom kane title going uh like strange uh strange adventures is really good but i think rorschach is my favorite tom kane title going uh this is a long segment this is the longest what i'm reading segment um that i've done uh so if i start speeding up don't blame me uh, I have a lot. I still have a stack to go. That was the end of the first stack. I still have a stack to go. And we are 36 minutes in. About to be. Um, And I still have a lot in this episode to go. So this episode's probably going to be well over two hours with the rate we're going. But yeah. Um next up i read both volumes it's kelly thompson's uh, sabrina the teenage rich witch run that she got to do so far with the original sabrina the teenage witch for volume one run for volume one and then uh sabrina something wicked for volume two and I'm um, she teases that there could be more to come and i'm really hoping there is because kelly thompson has done a great job with sabrina the teenage witch here and with her in the town of greendale um really good stuff here highly recommend it um the more support that the trades and stuff get the more more likely we are to get this third volume um i really hope this more this has been really fun i this this kind of got better as it went along each series has been five issues so far just shockingly fun times very exciting very fun read moving on i read solid blood number 17 the mystery comment that came out a while back from kirkman and Otley and stuff it was whatever I don't recommend it. I don't know if it'll go up in money or, at all, but. Eh, me I might honestly trade it back into my shop for uh, in store credit if it's gone up in price. I have to see if it's going for any more or even sell it. We'll see. Uh, moving on, I caught up to what I had of something that's killing the children. So I read issue 16 and 17, and something that's killing the children is still proven to be one of the best in these going. James Tinian and whether they'll doing awesome on the title Uh, Erica's origin stories have been great to read Peter Porker The Spectacular Spider-Ham in the Spider-Man Annual presents uh, Peter Porker Spectacular Spider-Ham this annual wasn't that good I don't recommend it, I have nothing else to say besides that, I I need to speed up this process honestly, (laughs) I apologize Um, I read the Stealth uh, 6-issue miniseries from Image uh dave Cost, i think their name is and something belegrand is the artist um surprisingly good read at times i wouldn't recommend it necessarily it's not the best read but it has a really cool concept and it actually plays out pretty well um i actually read i'd i would kind of wish i binge read this title more than i did but yeah pretty good i wouldn't necessarily recommend it though Strange Adventures issue number nine of twelve. We're getting we're in the last third of this arc. It's or last third of this series. It's great. Um, my copy has some stains on the cover, Sally, of the A cover. Um, Strange Adventures has been really good from Tom Cannon, Mitch Jarrod and Evan Shaner. Um, I would recommend Strange Adventures. We're in the last third of the title. There's been a lot going on in this, and some very interesting stuff is built up, and I can't wait to see how the last three issues play out. I got Suicide Squad issue number one. New creative team, new direction, Robbie Thompson and uh Pan is on art. Ferrero, I th- I guess help us on art too. Two artists, I guess, on this. That's a pretty fun story. Um not one of the best DC reads or anything. This series has potential. Uh like they promised some of the members of the ta- f Task Force X, this new Task Force X do die on their first issue. Um a whole new direction for tax task, task force that's going on. Um, the movie, the, the Suicide Squad movie just came out and getting high reception. I honestly, if you check this title out, it's not one of my favorites that I read here. But I honestly, I would recommend it because this title does have big potential. There's some very interesting characters involved in this title. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting one to see play out. Next up, Superman number 29 uh, had the part 1 of 2 of the story that was had the second part in Action Comics. Tales of Metropolis, um, backup story with some characters. It was a fun time. I'd recommend it. Check out the Superman titles, see if they're any good for yourself. Speaking of Superman, Superman Red and Blue, issue number 1 of 6, another anthology story. Multiple stories in here. Celebrating Superman, but only using the colors red and blue to tell the stories. This was fun, first issue. Um, I was a little disappointed, honestly, there was some good stories, some shit stories, um, I wouldn't recommend it, if you really love Superman, maybe, uh, but I wouldn't really recommend it, um, I have a feeling I'm gonna regret saying that as time goes along, and I might end up recommending it as time goes along, but we'll see, I'm going issue by issue right now, so. Next up, Swamp Fan, issue number one of ten, Ram V, with a new Swamp Fan, debuting Swamp Fan, Mike Perkins and I. Really good career team. really good new direction, really cool new character, and the possibilities that this could go in. I'm very intrigued to see where this is going. I highly recommend Swamp Fan's a cool character, and this is very interesting stuff going on here. Next up, Taskmaster, 5-issue miniseries. I read the whole thing. It was awesome. I highly recommend. Taskmaster is an awesome character. Jen McKay, local to me great writer he's been doing big fins at marvel he's been making a name for himself like ed bryson jed mckay's been making even more of a name for himself he's a really good writer Does black cat there's a lot of other stuff recently with the infinite destiny's annuals and he's got some other big stuff coming up really cool i think he's doing the death of dr strange story even that's coming up very very cool stuff here. very great characterization he given personality to the characters um that don't get the ton of spotlight these days and don't necessarily have the biggest personality at times awesome stuff really awesome and the art was great will also be in disappointing uh, the art was pretty much great overall besides when the artist drew black widow black widow wasn't the best interpretator here in my opinion but i highly recommend next up i read the first let's see how many issues the first eight issues of donny kate's new thor run Really freaking good stuff here. Donny Kate's done a great job on Thor. I would recommend this new Thor run a lot. I read up to eight issues because that's uh, in issue nine, where the Prey story arc starts, and I don't have the full arc picked up yet. Very fun, good start he- stuff here. First arc was awesome, and the two part story after that was also good. Really good. Highly recommend. I really can't say more than that. Thor's been one of the best marvel comics for fucking like eight years now if not even longer than that so fucking pick up thor give it a shot he's one of the best superheroes quite honestly next up i read issues one and two of truth and justice another anthology series from uh dc except this time i couldn't think of the word anthology in the last episode by the way that's what i was some of the stumbling was for at certain parts um the difference with this anthology series is that one issue, uh, you, this is each issue focuses on a different character, and they get it's they're essentially. Uh, It's essentially each issue is a one shot, but it's a continuing series where each issue has a different character First issue will focus on fixing. I don't recommend the first issue, but I highly recommend the second issue This was shocking. I was not expecting much I was kind of disappointed Superman got uh, an issue, but there was a lot of kind of disappointing choices Because I wanted some lesser known names to get chances, but more some big name a lot of big names And some less known names like it was pretty well-known characters that all got chances here Fixing is honestly probably the least uh, known. Um, the Superman story in Truth and Justice number two rocked, in my opinion, and I would recommend that issue, but wouldn't recommend the first book fixing. I thought the fixing story uh, was kind of boring, quite honestly. And it sets up that there might be more to come out of it, but if there is, I don't know if I even care to pick it up. We will see. Uh, I also read from Image Comics Colin Bunn and Carl Str- Strums uh an Earth series which got 10 issues um and i'm kind of annoyed at this because it kind of leaves off ambiguously with there definitely being more story that could be told and i think they had more story they were going to tell but i guess their sales must not have been high enough possibly although they also said that i think it might have been said that this was kind of the plan to be the end but it almost feels like it's a temporary end but i don't know um it started off shockingly good, like, I was actually pretty into it, and then it's just kind of, it was very inconsistent, and it was kind of meh. second arc got kind of weird. I I wouldn't recommend this, quite honestly. One of the weaker works I've read from Colin Bunn, I had a feeling I wasn't gonna enjoy the title, necessarily. Um, I had a good feeling going in, and then... Um, once I started seeing art and getting it just on some of the weirdness going on, I was like, uh, maybe I won't like this. And I finally picked it up and I was sadly proven right. So, yeah. I read the Fampirella Fountain's Day special for 2021. This is the second last comic I have to talk about. Um, some interesting stuff going on here. There's supposed to be more to come out of this. I think I enjoy this more than the Red Sonya one. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it still. Um, a fun enough read though. I liked that it was more serious than the Red Sonja one, and uh, it uh, has implications and stuff to come, it seems. So, yeah. And the Bloodwing character was also cool. So. And last but not least, for the stuff I've read... Um, and I just got informed that the maximum recording time for one segment is 60 minutes, and we're at about to be at 46, so I'm glad this is the last one to talk about. Uh, we... I have Wonder Woman issue number 770. Start of a new Wonder Woman arc with Becky Cloonan and Will Conrad. This is very good. Wonder Woman is trapped, uh, stuck back in time in the old uh, Asgardian fighting, Um days. She's in um, Fahala. For, uh, we don't know how we got here. She's just a voice trying to give her help. It's very interesting stuff going on here. Uh, probably another one of my favorite DC reads going honestly, Probably in the top five um Wonder Woman has been some of my favorite stuff to read this year as you probably learned from the Future State Refused last uh episode. So yeah, uh, and there's a lot of a lot more Wonder Woman coming out uh in uh, like a lot of new titles, Wonder Woman related coming out later this year, like, October, there's a Nubia title, there's, uh, they're collecting the, young, uh, Young Adventure, The Adventures of Young Diana, which had a store, backup story in here, they're collecting that, all the, uh, parts that are the big one-shot, there's the black label title that was supposed to be in the first, like, that was announced with the first wave of titles announced way back before it started, it's finally coming out, the Historia one, and, um, then there's, um, I think there might even be another one that I'm forgetting, Uh, but I'm not completely sure about that. That might be untrue, but there's a lot of good stuff coming, so, yeah. Anyways, uh, this segment has gone on way longer than I had planned, and I still have a lot more podcasts to record. I'm recording this on Sunday. It is Sunday, August 15th when i'm recording this i don't know if i'm going to be able to finish this all today because it's going to be a long podcast but we will see uh anyways i'm going to end this part and uh the next segment is going to be in a an emergency news um segment I don't know what I'm gonna actually call the segment, but it's gonna be a new segment, uh, based on a, a big uh thing that uh, was announced recently, and we were gonna talk that it is about James Tinian and him leaving DC Comics here, um, in the unknown but foreseeable future. This is the. New debut of the emergency news segment. Um, anytime there's some big news going on um, in the weeks where I am recording this episode uh, going forward, I will now um, do some news segments on important um, topics that have arisen throughout the week. Um, I'm going to try to come up with a name for this segment, and it may get a name by the time that I am done it is in this episode, um, and if it does, then we'll see, and I will talk about that name next time. Uh, anyways, this episode, I have uh, some big news to talk about with you guys, and it is about the fact that James Tinian Fourth is leaving DC Comics. Uh, James Tinian, uh, was doing some interviews recently, and, uh, he talks about how, he talked about how he is leaving dc uh because of a contract he was offered from substack a newsletter uh newsletter publication like independent newsletter slash comic um distributor i guess is that what you would call them um i've read a few different articles on it the one i'm looking at right now as i talk is comic book uh is com, um uh, James Tenen talked about how he wants to focus on his creator-owned projects, and this includes uh, a new set of uh, titles under the Substack um, subscription um, th- with the new contract he signed. Um, and he talks about how the um, how Substack does not have any of the intellectual rights or even distribution rights. Um, and yeah, just. Pretty um. Pretty big news. Um. Apparently, J I i read from another never read the first article I read that James Tinian is, uh, the next of what has turned to be quite a few now big name comic writers, um that have uh, gotten their own subscription service through Substack, um, some big. This is a big. uh, James Tinian has had a pretty good career at DC, and this is going to be a big change. Um, The CBR article says that he mentioned that he'll be leaving uh, the main Batman title with issue number 117 in November. Uh, which pretty soon, and then apparently he won't be leaving the Joker until issue number 14, uh, which would be coming out next April. So he'll be on Joker for a while yet. I'm guessing he still has some of his contract yet. He, How this all came up is he was offered a three-year contract renewal under his exclusive contract with DC, and then Substack came along and uh, offered him a second one, and he knew he could only take one of them, and Tinian said that he's wanted to... He kinda feels like he with how successful his independent and creator own titles have been, with some killing children, even nicer still like under the D C Black label has been doing great. Wind is doing great uh department of truth has been doing great. All his stuff he's been putting out recently has been doing great and he said, he talks about how he just felt that he had to go more down he had to go down that route more. Um, so yeah, this is pretty pretty big news and i wanted to put that out there because honestly james tinian is one of my favorite writers going right now and this is a pretty big deal i know in the last uh, solicitation uh, in the last book for solicitations upcoming that comic uh, shops just got um James Tinian was co-writing with Matthew Rosenberg a new title, a new twelve issue maxi called DC First Vampires. So I don't know if that's not gonna happen, or if he's just gonna start it with Rosenberg and then hand it fully over to Rosenberg, or if he's actually gonna be around to finish all twelve issues of that. So that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, is he doing any other thing? I well, I obviously he'll be around to finish Nightsoil and Blake, I guess, on the Black Label. Uh, does he have anything else going? Is that it now? I think that's it these days. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of the big, big wigs of DC, really. And apparently when they offered to him um, the, the three-year contract renewal DC, um, apparently the plan was to have him on, on the main Batman for, the, for most of that three years. So that would have been interesting. And his run has been really good. So, uh, there's de- I feel like there's definitely a lot of potential in that there could have been with him continuing writing Batman for DC, but I'm sure that DC is able to find somebody to fill the shoes f- on the main Batman title. Personally, I do do wish that he did ha- he had more time on the Batman title, but I I he I didn't think he was gonna have as much as he ended up having anyway in the first place, so it ended up being all right. Anyways, uh, I think we have talked about this enough, and um, I uh, have been delayed on getting this episode out anyway, so I'm going to move on to the next topic, where I give my third comic spotlight in the history of that comic show. We are back for this episode's comic spotlight, and this week is going to focus on the title called Woven Heart from the Mad Cave Studios. If you don't know what the Comic Spotlight segment is about, it is where I focus on a specific title one per episode and I tell you who publishes it, what the title is, who writes it, who draws it, all the creators uh or at least as many as I can um as many as makes sense at least to talk about. The premise um, of the story, some story details, um, possibly some spoilers, and I try to, um, convince you guys why you should be reading this title, because if I'm spotlighting it, I believe that it's a great read, a really good read, and that more people should be reading it, if possible, um, so yeah, and today, uh, this episode's is a woven heart from Mad Cave Studios, like I already said, Mad Cave is a, um, Medium, the they are kind of a medium sized, kind of in the middle of um fins when it comes to independence. Um, but they are very good independent. They are, um, they honestly are one of my personal favorite independents. Um, if I was ranking, I'd I'd have to put um I'd have to put image first just based on past and stuff and prestige. Uh, and then I would put Boom Studios next, and then AWA Stu- er, 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 Inc, and then I would probably put Mad Cave Studios. Um, and so yeah, um, this is the, this was the very first title I ever read from them. Uh, well, ten, not the first one I finished, but this is the first one I've read. Uh, there's been seven issues of this series so far, and actually it's coming back with a second arc, starting with issue eight in October's order, which is very exciting for me. Um... I have been excited for more because they do leave this on a cliffhanger um they conclude the story of Retona while also leaving it open for more which is um which is brilliant um and really well done and um the first title I've completely finished was RV9 from Matt K I've been picking up Nottingham I still have to get the fifth issue and then some other print variants that I've uh Decide to pick up, because I decided to get one of each for that title, and then I have Stargazer that I have yet to read, and Pantomime that I have yet to read, and I'm planning to pick up the Bountiful Garden series, and if I can find all the, uh, issues after I'm more caught up, I do plan to get Beckstar at some point, and, um, honestly, at this point, any, um, any titles that I can complete, um, get a full run of for Mad Cave, I probably will end up picking them up at some point, but yeah, um, very good stuff. I was supposed to get back there, but then I just dropped it for monetary purposes. But I will definitely be picking it up if I can. Um, this story is very. Um, this is a very um, intricate story, in in a way. Um, there's a lot of. It's an interesting world that the story is set in Our main character's name is uh, Sterling Knight I believe his name is uh, I know his first name is Sterling uh, They call him Sterling all the time um, And he is what's called a damp- Dampire or Dampier uh, So he's, he's essentially A vampire but he's he's our Antagonist and he is part of the Wolvenheart Corporation which is A A, um, a group a large group that makes Sure that's a the timeline is not messed with, and that, uh, like, werewolves and stuff aren't messing with it since, uh, they were messed up in the past, there's, like, three different races of, uh, types of people in this world, too, like, there's one called the Bokor, and there's the, there's the Bokor, there's the, um... I really can't remember all three right now which is a little embarrassing. Um <laughs> but yeah. Um they are all kind of rival races but they all came together in the past to um to take down and kill Dracula and which brings out the um uh, uh, Sterling's protagonist I actually called the antagonist. Or the antagonist is brought out from Dra- Dracula being killed because it's Dracula's uh wife while well, he was still living. The Queen in Black, Elizabeth Baffery. Um, there's some historical figures also included in the story. in fun roles with um, the... Um, uh, is it Queen Victoria that's in here? Um, and then uh, Nikola Tesla's in here. Um, and there's another name that's dropping. Van Helsing runs the Wolvenheart uh Corporation or whatever it's uh, uh however uh whatever the exact term is um that they use here I-, I read this a week and a half ago this is the second time i read this title i've reread it um for a personal project uh mad cave actually has a talent search right now so i actually uh wrote up a submission for that and uh, you had to write something in the wolvenheart universe so that's what i did um and I reread this and it very good. Uh, Sabina is another main character who is lives with uh, the woman that, that brought up. Uh, Sterling also has brought up Sabina, whose name is Kessia, uh, who's an older lady with white hair. Uh, Sabina is a little kid when we first see her, but then when Sterling travel is pulled out and saved by Kessia, it, it's twenty years in the future and she's a grown woman, and. um Sterling breaks his promise, and Sabina's upset, and we also meet, um, we meet, uh, another character, uh, and we learn that apparently, um, Sabina and Sterling, uh, are to be the parents of this character, uh, it's not really explored why Bengal, the, the kid who is actually an adult, is in the, this part of the timeline, but yeah, um, 1861 is when the story starts and when he's pulled it it ends up being in 1881 but um sterling ends up fixing all the time issues uh, jumps around in time uh, has uh classic um uh, mo- classic movie monster type characters in terms of t- types like vampires werewolves um it's it's pretty genre-bending, like, it, it's a good mash of genres, really, there's a good amount of action, uh, there's a decent amount, there's a nice amount of mystery going on, um, I like the way that different issues go into like one one issue has like the origins of the Queen in Black and uh how she was saved by Dracula and conferred it to be a vampire or vampire and um why she uh, is on her mission and um the seventh issue ends up with the Queen in Black. Sterling believes he fixes the timeline, but then when he goes back to Wolvenheart, instead of Van Helsing, their are leading charge. It is a queen, It is the Queen in Black, Elizabeth Baffery, who is the chief of Wolvenheart, and apparently they are to track down and stop Van Helsing going forward, and that's the cliffhanger we are left on, and it's really cool. Um, I forgot to mention that Wolvenheart is slaughtered and wiped out before Sterling fixes the timeline. <laughs> but yeah, um... This is a very solid title. I didn't even talk with the creators yet. Um, Mark London is the writer of this. He's like one of the big wigs at Mad Cave Studios. I believe he's... He, is he the guy, I think, that also wrote Battle Cats? Which has gotten quite a run. Um, he I know he wrote at least one, if not mo- a couple of... Uh, the other bigger titles from mad cave um and then Alejandro gerardo is the artist and this is honestly some of the best art i've ever seen on an independent comic Alejandro gerardo is an incredible artist and he definitely needs uh, more recognition on their name because wow this art's good i'm looking i'm looking for the first issue as i speak and holy crap um yeah um I don't know what else to say here. Um, Zapata, Miguel Angel Zapata, does a great job on the logo and lettering. Uh, The logo is really good for Wolvenheart, really cool. Um, And the lettering is done well in here. This is just a very solid title, and I highly recommend that you check it out. Um, Independent comics, in my opinion, are some of the most... I, I still love my superhero comics, but independent comics are kind of the most uh, quite honestly the most fun to read uh in my opinion these days and there's a lot of good ones out there and this personally is one of my um this uh, woven heart is honestly one of my personal favorites um currently and uh, since it started so yeah i highly recommend it and if you can find the issues or even a trade paperback uh please uh pick it up i i would definitely recommend it. Anyways, uh, I have five retro reviews to do for the first phase of the MCU, um, so we're going to get into the first one now, which is on the original Iron Man movie, the movie that kicked off the MCU. It is now time for a retro review! And for our very first retro review, we are going to be reviewing and talking about Iron Man from 2008 the movie that kicked off the mcu of course i've already said how we are reviewing all five of the uh, mcu movies that are completely directly correlated with marvel uh i did not include incredible hulk in this even though technically they counted as a a phase one mcu movie i barely count it it's really only connected because of um of the Iron Man camp meal in the uh, post credit scene, and the retcon and the the backstory um, into it uh, to be uh, included in with, in with Avengers. Um, and uh, honestly, I would have included it if I could have uh, had a way to watch it, but since it's not on Disney Plus, because Universal owns the rights to Hulk solo movies, um, I believe still. So yeah i just i didn't include an incredible hulk but here we are to review the original iron man the movie that started it all. came out in 2008 of course everybody knows the deal that uh it was a big it was a big risk to uh have robert downey jr play the role of iron man and what can you say he really does nail um the he really does nail iron man he If anything, uh, Robert Downey Jr. reinvents Iron Man. Because as other people have stated as well, um, the comics have actually made Iron Man more like the Robert Downey Jr. version from the movies. Because that's how good it is. Um, The Iron Man in the comics was not always uh, the way he is nowadays. Robert Downey Jr., um, was actually not the most, the highest paid actor in this, that was Terrence Howard, uh, who personally is, um, I don't think Terrence Howard plays as good of a roadie, I don't think he plays as good of a James Rhodes as, um, Don Cheadle does in my opinion, which I may talk about more in Iron Man 2, I just, I personally think that, uh, James Rhodes doesn't feel, James Rhodes doesn't feel as important in this, uh, in this first Iron Man movie, and, I'm completely fine that they switched to John, Don Cheadle, if anything, I wish they'd gone with Don Cheadle to begin with, um, Gwyneth Peltrow plays a really good Pepper Potts, in my opinion, um, and now, saying that, I personally do wish that this Pepper Potts was more like the comics, and that she was, um, she, they, they ended up kind of fixing her in later movies, but she's a little too dependent i think i I would kind of like if she was more badass and maybe more like uh if we saw i kind of wish we saw more of her in the rescue persona in the movies but yeah that's just me i guess but personally with what she's given she does a really good job um i can see why she wanted to take a break a break from the mcu movies after iron man 3 before coming back in uh in spider-man uh homecoming but yeah John Favreau, um, awesome job as Happy Hogan. Happy Hogan is one of the more underrated actors in the. Is one of the more underrated characters in the MCU. Really, really good. Uh, Also, the director of this movie, I do believe, Um, does a very good job. This direction. Um, There is a lot that is. Well, there's some differences from the comics. This movie is actually quite comic book accurate. The origin of Iron Man is done brilliantly. Uh, taken over, taken by the terrorists, and stuck in the cave with um, stuck in the cave with that one guy there that helps him create the armor before dying. Really good. Um, oh, he's the producer. Excuse me for Iron Man. Um, the origin was done brilliantly of Iron Man here. Um, the big bad being Jeff Bridges as the Ironmonger, I I liked that, um, the Ironmonger trying to take over, um, trying to take over Stark Industries from under Tony after he decides not to sell weapons anymore, I actually like that, um, I like that being the story of the first one, uh, Paul Bettany also does a good Jarvis, I like the, I, uh, that's actually one of the changes I think I like, um, that the MCU did, is that they made Jarvis not a butler, um, because I can see why they wouldn't want to, because they wouldn't want the Batman comparisons with Alfred. I think that was a good call to make it an AI. Um, though saying that, I do like Jarvis in the comics. Um, but I can see why they made that call, and I think it was for the best. I think it works in the universe that they are building. Um, back to... Back to... Back to Jeff Bridges, um, he's not one of the best villains, but I think his goals make sense. And also the name of the character that helps Tony Vizarmer armors Ho Jensen. I uh, wanted to put that out there because I forgot for a second. Um, I think this... I don't know if you could have started the MCU off any better way. I, I think this is just... It was just made to be that this is what kicked it all off. That um, I don't have much to complain about with this movie, quite honestly. I, w- I, I would was never. I didn't watch these movies for the longest time, because uh, I was never really like interested in the idea of Iron Man. And then I finally watched him. It was great. Um, there is some little points to drag on, but honestly I would I think I have to say that the original Iron Man is my favorite Iron Man movie um I've not watched the full I've not watched Iron Man three in full so far. I've only watched like a third of it or something like that so technically it'll kind of be a fresh review when I um get to that one here Iron Man two uh with this first Iron Man I've watched two times now. this is my second time watching it. I think I enjoyed uh this first one more this time around. Which was nice. I enjoyed it on my second watch more. I I, I I think I could probably. I think I could probably say that for both. I watched these first two Iron Man movies really fast. I think I watched these both like two months ago or so. So that's why I'm. I'm not gonna be able to go as in depth as I may like on some of the plot details and stuff. Um. But, very good stuff. Um. I used to kind of um, I definitely would have rated this lower on the, uh, in terms of MCU movies, um, than I probably would now, I really do appreciate this movie, it's very good, um, it ages surprisingly well, too, so that's nice, I also like it knowing the ratcon going back that the, um, I, I like, uh, it's, it's also nice to know some of the, uh, retcons that future movies do i guess it's it's a very good movie to go back on if i was ranking this on the epic scale which i am that's what i'm here for to do with these retro reviews, i would have to give this original iron man i give black widow 4.5 out of 5 uh on the epic scale i would have to give this movie ah <sighs> this is hard this is really hard a part of me wants to give it a 4 and another part of me wants to give it a 3 3.5. I think I'm going to have to give this a 3.5 because this is nowhere near one of the best Marvel movies in my opinion and I feel like it doesn't quite deserve to be in the 4 territory. Um while there is a lot of good um and, and like I said nowhere near uh, any of the best movies um and honestly, Robert Downey Jr., while he does an amazing job, he uh, he takes Iron Man to even bigger places later on. Like, this is not his best performance anywhere near as Iron Man. So that's part of the reason this is only a 3.5 as well. 3.5, keep in mind, it's still a really good rating at 5. Um, a 3 is halfway. And, uh, well, 2.5, uh, 2.5 is technically halfway. But, like, I would consider, like, the 3 stars... An average movie, probably. So, yeah. If I was to distinguish like that. Uh, Anyways, I think I've talked enough about the original Iron Man. And I am now going to move on to my retro review of Iron Man 2. It is time for another retro review. Yes, now it is time to review Iron Man 2. The um sequel to the original Iron Man of course and it's um m- most people's least favorite Iron Man movie uh for sure. Um arguably one of the weaker Marvel movies, honestly, I personally have always enjoyed this movie more than most people, um, I think some of that bias comes from the fact that this is the movie that debuts at Black Widow, uh, even though this is arguably also Scarlett Johansson's worst performance is Black Widow, but it's not that it's her worst performance, it's kind of that it's just the the most poorly written, um, (laughs) <laughs> the most poorly written uh movie that's uh, her, the most poorly written role for her in a movie i guess she would say uh of course Robert Downey Jr and uh Gwyneth Paltrow are back in their respective roles uh i believe that in this movie they get uh they like become closer in a couple i believe um they both do a really good job the demon in the bottle uh, I'll call those stories teased, but not really played out fully, um, John Favreau continues to do a great job as Happy Hogan, this is also the debut as, uh, this is the, also the debut of Don Cheadle, as uh, Don Cheadle as James Rhodes slash War Machine as the War Machine armor debuts in this movie as well, and honestly, uh, I think Don Cheadle was a way better, uh, James Rhodes and uh, Terrence Howard, and the War Machine stuff was really cool. In this moment, in this movie, there's a moment where uh, War Machine and Iron Man are uh, battling Finzin in uh, in a park, and it is really cool. Really cool moments. Um, the films of this movie one there's Rip Whiplash, aka Mickey Rourke, and the Whiplash. Whiplash character Mickey worked worked as a fine job in some respects, but the Whiplash character just isn't that great personally. Although there's the awesome moment where they're at the um, they're at the race and um, Whiplash and Iron Man battle, um, and Whiplash has a cool moment where he flips some cars over and stuff, including Tony's. And then one of the better moments of the movie is where uh, Tony. Uh, uh, reveals that he has a uh, iron man armor in the suitcase that happy's been carrying around and that's a very cool moment i uh, gotta give respects to um sam rockwell who plays a great justin hammer um probably the only thing that could have made justin hammer better is if he seemed a little more competent but really i think sam rockwell did a great job here um there's some rumors, such talks that he was up for the gig of Tony Stark at first. Um honestly yeah, I kinda wish Sam I, I kinda wish that Sam uh sorry. I kinda wish that Justin Hammer, the character of Justin Hammer was more explored a little bit. But yeah. Um We In the end, it is implied that uh, Whiplash just killed an explosion, but technically they left it open to bring him back if they wanted to in the future, but they didn't, of course. Uh, I like this movie a lot more than... Um, Most people, uh, and when I first watched these movies, I actually did kind of like Iron Man 2 more than the original, but now I, I see, I see why people, and I agree with, I, I enjoy the original more than the second one, um, one of the reasons this one doesn't quite work in some respects is that there's the Nick Fury um, subplot where he is talking about the Avengers Initiative, um, but then him and Coulson, like, turn Tony down and say he's never going to be a part of the Avengers, and then that's all thrown away when we get to the Avengers movie. It's just kind of dumb that that how long that takes up in this movie, and then all of a sudden in Avengers, he's just on the team because, oh no, the world is in trouble. But yeah, um... Phil Coulson continues to be great in these movies. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, continues to be a great Iron Man. And we also... Um, there's a cancel... Uh, Senator Stern. The Senator St- Stern role is surprisingly good in this movie as well. Um, a weird ca- cameo role for, of Elon Musk in this movie, which is interesting. Which I didn't even realize until I watched somebody else's review recently. Uh, yeah, um, I honestly don't remember much of what Gwyneth Peltrow did in this movie besides, um, try to help Tony and stuff, and yeah, <laughs> it's been a couple months since I watched this movie um ranking this on the epic scale i can't give this a 3.5 like the original iron man i would say this is a weaker movie than the original iron man this is a case where i enjoyed this more the first time i watched it weirdly and i still enjoyed it the second time but yeah um i i like black widow i like that she debuts in this movie um i think with what she's given Scarlett johansson plays it well um though this is probably my least favorite version of black widow in the mcu Personally, um, I would give this a, I feel like some people are going to say I'm rating this too high, but I think personally, I'm going to give this three stars. So I was debating putting it a little lower at two point five, but I think that's I feel like that's too low. Uh, the three star point is kind of like an average slash fine movie for me. I don't know between two point five and three would be average slash fine because that's around the middle range, of course, or slashes the middle range uh, with two point five. But I feel like personally, I I wa- personally I just want to give this a give this a three on the epic scale three out of five. So yes. Now, we are going to move on to the next movie, which is the original Thor from 2011. We are back with the third of five retro reviews, and now it is time to talk about the original Thor movie from 2011. Um, this was a very good movie, in my opinion. Um so Not my favorite Thor movie, not the worst either. I honestly, I have to be honest, I've never watched Thor The Dark World, and it is coming up soon in my watch order, so that should be interesting. So that will technically be, like, just a, that technically won't even be really a retro view, because I've never watched it, but it technically is at the same time. Um, This this original Thor movie introduces so many characters to the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, Uh, including, of course, Thor himself, which, uh, Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth has brilliantly played Thor for a lot of years now and continues to do so. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is an awesome Thor. I honestly, I I mean, there probably was other people that could have played him, but I I honestly couldn't see anybody else playing, uh, a, a male Thor now. Um, also, of course, get introduced to Loki, who becomes the, uh, the villain of Avengers, and is also a, a villain here. Um, one, of course, arguably one of the best, uh, casted characters of the MCU, and with Tom Hiddleston as Loki, one, arguably one of the best characters as well, um, especially as time goes along. Jane Foster debuts here. Now, the Portman plays her. Jane Foster has a fine ro- role, at least in this th- first one. I've heard her role is w- worse in the second one. Of course, she ends up leaving because she doesn't like the direction of her character. But now she's coming back in love- Thor, Love, and Thunder, which I'm very excited about. Um, because it's based off Jason Aaron's uh, seven and a half year run that was awesome from Modern Times. So yeah very excited for that next movie Jamie Alexander plays Sif Sif, Sif's pretty cool Sif Sif ends up going to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. which is gonna be I've never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show but that's pretty interesting to put an Asgardian in that show Anthony Hopkins makes an awesome Odin um, who continues uh, on two more Thor movies uh, eventually is killed off in Ragnarok and has a pretty good arc Idris Elba is g- good decision in my opinion as well uh Darcy Lewis uh could, it would be great if she wasn't here she kind of sucks everybody's always said that uh, Kat den's just fine with the material she's given just that the character kind of sucks uh the Warriors 3 are fine they could really be given more material to work with Full Stag Hogan and Fandral could really be given more um Frigga's fine Professor Selwig's Selvig's pretty good. Uh another uh, notable uh introduction in this movie is Hawkeye Jen- Jeremy Renner uh debuts in this. Uh, more He has a decent he has like a couple minutes in it. It's more of a cameo, but it's like an extended cameo. It's pretty good. Um essentially um this first four movie movies about uh Thor not understanding uh, he is very arrogant and doesn't and not really mature to his responsibilities and everything so odin casts him out of asgard and he has to find his way back uh he even loses his abilities and he loses mjolnir and loses abilities and powers um for a while Well, he doesn't really lose his full power but he still he's still a demigod or whatever um but he uh still has some strength and stuff but he loses uh a good A good chunk of his uh, power. Like he can't summon lightning and stuff. uh, uh, Because he doesn't have Mjolnir. Um, And he. He has to find his way to. He has to find his way to Mjolnir. To pick it back up. He has to prove himself worthy. To be able to pick up Mjolnir. Because he at first can't pick Mjolnir up. Because he's deemed not worthy by Odin. And his attitude. Um, And eventually of course he doesn't get Mjolnir back. Um, Loki activates the destroyer armor, um, and he uses the Destroyer to go down and try to kill Thor, um, and he eventually gets the hammer back and uh, defeats the Destroyer, uh, Odin is almost killed by Loki, uh, but isn't, and then I think, I think it's this movie where Loki ends up killing his mother Frigga, um. And it's just, it's a whole, it's a whole time. Jane Foster helped, and Selwig and uh, Darcy uh, all help Thor out, and they give him the, uh, they give him the identity. <laughs> they give him uh, the identity of um, Donald Blake, which he we used to be uh, is the alter ego in the comics. Um, they give him that identity and, and write it off as being uh, a former ex of Jane Foster. <laughs> which was kind of funny. Um this really was a solid uh movie. Like this is a good first four movie. Um not my favorite. Ragnarok's my favorite. I haven't watched Dark World, but it's considered one of the worst Marvel movies even though it's they go back and reference it in um in Endgame and stuff. Um I would probably rate this movie a solid a solid hmm you know i was gonna give it a three but i'm honestly gonna give it a 3.5 because i think it is one of the better um main character well i don't know there's a lot of the main character instructions are always good but i would argue that i like chris hemsworth thor more than uh robert downey jr's uh iron man at this point so that's I think I like the original Thor movie better than the original Iron Man, or or they're better on the same spot. So I'm going to rate them at the same spot and give Thor a 3.5. I originally, going into this, was going to give it a 3, but I think it deserves a 3.5. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm going to move on now, and we're going to go talk about Captain America, The First Avenger. And now we move on to the penultimate retro review for this episode of That Comic Show and we are here to review Captain America the first avenger i think um this well this was actually my first time watching Uh, this movie in full i had seen like clips and stuff but i had never actually sat sat down and watched this movie Uh, the one time i kind of tried to i was i kind of was bored and i was it was years ago and yeah i just never went back to it and i always kind of thought it was boring because it was set in world war ii era but now that i've grown up more and it's i realized that's an interesting time period to have a story set in um I highly enjoyed this, and quite honestly, I think I think that this is possibly my favorite Phase One Marvel movie. It's either this or Thor. Uh, well, this Thor and the original Iron Man are the top three. I, I think Iron Man Two is is fine, but it's whatever. And as I'll talk about more and uh, the retro review for it, I think Defenders is overrated. Um, Captain America, The First Avenger, um, the weakest of the three Captain America movies, in my opinion, but the Captain America movies in general are the most consistent, um, series of movies for a Marvel character. Um, the best trilogy, you could say, uh, in my opinion. Um, Chris, uh, Chris Evans comes on to fill the role of Captain America, and, um, Steals the heart of everybody. Um, speaking of stealing hearts, we have susp- arguably one of the hottest human beings in existence, Sebastian Stan, playing Bucky Barnes, um, Cap's right-hand man. Um, difference between comics and movies is uh, they're full-on like uh, men instead of uh, Captain America being a man and Bucky being a teenager, but that's fine. I think it works better for the world they're in uh hayley atwell p- plays peggy carter peggy Carter is a great character here she ends up getting her own show which i haven't watched which i p- hopefully will watch at some point good uh good good job of casting there as well there's a lot of good cast in this movie actually dr abraham erskine who does the experiments uh the super soldier experiment that creates captain america really good uh casting there by getting Stanley Tucci Uh, Hugo Weaving makes a good Red Skull Um, Dominic Cooper is Howard Stark, Howard Stark's good here too Uh, Artem Sola even appears in this movie there's a lot going on here oh I kind of Union Jack was in this movie? I kind of didn't even realize that, or I didn't remember at least um, anyways, of course this is set during World War Two. Um Cap is uh Steve Rogers tries for a long time to get into the army, but he won't be accepted because of his uh his uh, as some say pathetic physical prowess. Um, but he never gives in and he proves to be the right candidate for the super soldier. Um the super soldier experiments, where they inject the super soldier serum into Steve Rogers and he becomes um, America's number one soldier. Well, America's uh, answer to take on Germany and the Axis powers in the World War, the Second World War. Um, He has some help from the Howling Commandos. Uh, We've got Dum Dum Duggan, uh, Jim Morita, Gabe Jones, um union jack i believe that's where he was probably located and yeah um red skull is the main villain here though arnim sola is uh, a part of it but i believe arnim sola is killed here but uh, we later learn or we see slash learn i believe now in the next movie that he he uploaded his consciousness um and we later see him return again and i believe winter Soldier. Um, the whole point is that the Red Skull has found the, um, the Red Skull has found the, uh, Cosmic Cube, um, and plans to use it to win the war, but Captain America uh, stops him and whatever in the process though Bucky is lost and believed to be killed uh, and eventually uh, uh, near the end as well as long as Bucky uh, considering uh, cons- as long as well as Bucky considered dead, so is Captain America after uh, his plane uh, crashes uh, into the uh, into the ocean after stopping a bomb in or something, I might, I think it was the new key actually stops, I believe is how that goes, and he goes into the water, and as we know, he's frozen, and then is, uh, he's found uh, at the end of the movie, um, and brought back in modern times, and he has mixed, missed, um, decades, decades now what is it uh 60 70 years that he uh is brought back from into and he doesn't quite know his place in the world and he is uh he becomes a man at a time and this uh leads right up to avengers which we are going to move into talking about next so uh, in terms of the epic scale i'm going to rate this another 3.5 out of 5 very solid uh I was considering boosting this up to a four, but then I realized it doesn't really belong, uh, deserve to be a four, it's, it's a really good movie, but not, like, great, uh, it is a little boring at times, but that's okay, um, it's not for too long that I don't get out of it too bad, I personally think both of the other Captain American movies are better, so that's why this one's only a 3.5, um, because I know, um, The other two are a four or higher whenever I get to rank them. So, we're rating them. So, yeah. Anyways, we are now going to move on and talk about The Avengers. For the final retro review of this episode of That Comic Show, I am here to talk about The Avengers from 2012. The original one. Um, Personally... I'm going to get this out of the way. I honestly think this movie is overrated. Um, I've never been the biggest fan of this movie. It's I enjoyed it better on this watch through than any other, even though it took me a few a few, uh, a few few different uh, sit-downs to get through this. Um, but that happens with a lot of movies these days. It technically took me two sit-ins on Captain America, um, but that was only because I was interrupted in the middle of it so that wasn't really by choice, um, but yeah, this one took me, like, four and sentence, four sentences to get through, um, which is kind of sad, of course, it's a, an incredible collection of characters and cast, uh, this is also the best representation of, a uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. that we've gotten so far, but that should be unsurprising, considering how much S.H.I.E.L.D. related action there is in this, um, it's nice to see more Nick Fury and Agent Colson and Samaria Hill. Um Agent Colson is one of the um underrated characters of this movie. Um the fact that he dies and it helps to inspire the team to take down Loki and the Chitari is great. Um Tony Stark has a really cool arc in this movie. I didn't like how he's just... They're like, oh, we're in trouble, so you are a part of the team now, even though we said you'd never be part of the Avengers Initiative before. That was kind of them. That completely took relevance out of the uh, part of the story of Iron Man 2. Captain America's really good here. Thor's thor's introduction to the rest of the team is really cool hulk hulk being introduced in here uh, is great mark ruffalo makes a great hulk uh hawkeye um looking back i kind of see why the meme for so long was like oh why is hulk on the avengers he is um they have to rescue him after he is he's kidnapped by and used by loki and i don't know it kind of um That, in a way, shows his weakness. But, I mean, at the same time, he does have some kind of cool moments in the uh, Battle of New York City. Uh, I love Scarlett Johansson as a Black Widow here. She does a pretty good job. And Tom Hiddleston does a great job as Loki. Uh, One of the biggest problems with this movie is I don't think... I still don't think that Chicharri were that good of a big threat here. Uh, Obviously, Loki was the big bad, like, leading them and everything. And then we learn also that there's other forces behind everything, but I, I don't know, the, the, the T'Chari uh, being antagonist in the first Avengers has always been kind of lame to me, uh, another thing, um, that gets me out of this movie is I find it pretty hard to make it past the first, like, 10-15 minutes, I find the beginning of this movie so fucking boring, I, I've tried to get into it, and I just, I just kind of, the, I just kind of st- stopped paying attention while it's going on. I don't know. I don't think it's that interesting. Um, it it has its kind of all right moment with Loki stealing the, the Tesseract and everything, which I called the Cosmic Cube earlier. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I've never been into the beginning of this movie. um, And the of the, the Shari, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I honestly like Ultron and the second one, Age of Ultron. I think it's a pretty... Decent take on him. I I see why people don't like that movie as much, but personally, I, I I actually, from the times I've watched it, I have to rewatch it when I'm going to review it. I've actually liked Age of one like just as much as this one, but we'll see if I feel the same after watching it again and reviewing it on here. We'll see how that goes. Um, Samuel Jackson uh, makes a great Nick Fury, and um that was quite obvious. I'm trying to think of anything I haven't really touched in terms of topics here uh, for this movie. Uh, quite honestly, like I've already said, I, I I don't know. It's a good movie. It's a fine movie. But because of the fact that it's only a fine movie on the epic scale, I would have to only give it a 3. Uh, which is the lowest rated movie along with Iron Man 2 of the all the retro reviews that I've done on this episode um, so the fact, a lot of people don't like Iron Man 2 as well, so the fact I'm putting it on the same level as Iron Man 2 might piss some people off, but personally, I think it's just only a fine slash decent movie, like, the other, like, Infinity War and Endgame gets so much better, and honestly, like I said, I think Age of Ultron is not too far from this level, so, yeah, I don't know, there is some great moments, and when they all get together in New York is great, um, I, I I kind of forgot that Black Widows to include the one that closes the portal that the Hester Act opens for the Chitauri. That's kind of cool that she gets such a big role there. Um, Iron Man's moment of sacrifice is actually really awesome and obviously leads into Iron Man 3. Um, and Iron Man 3, the context of that story makes more sense before going in again, so I think I'm going to really enjoy trying to watch Iron Man 3 the second time. Uh, I I only got, like I said earlier, like a quarter or a third of the way through iron man 3 the first time i try to watch it um i think the second time I, I go to watch it i think it's gonna be a really fun watch but we will see you with that anyways i think now uh i'm think i've covered enough of the offenders and i'm gonna move to the outro and talk about what's to come on the next episode episode four of that comic show <laughs> Well, it is that time where we bring this episode to a close. I'm going to be quite frank in the fact that this episode took me a couple of days to fully put together. Uh, after recording the first segment and it taken 47-something minutes uh, for the What I'm Reading segments, I knew that I was going to have to change my approach a little bit for the retro refuse. Personally, I did want to go more in-depth on the retro refuse, but considering how long it's been since I actually watched some of the movies, because I wasn't originally planning to do uh retro refuse for all of them i kind of realized that i lost um it, uh, they weren't fresh enough in my mind to go as indefinite i wanted it and I already knew that the um, the length of this episode was going to be quite lengthy as it is uh, going to be past an hour 45 by the time the segments orders, or this segment is over and we end the episode um, so I, I already was well over 2 hours on the last episode I don't really love the idea of um, going 2 hours or more uh, on each episode so I also cut back the retro few segments to be faster because of that fact as well um, I'm happy to s- say that I introduced that news segment earlier, um, which was fun. Um, I'll talk about uh, more news in coming episodes. In the next episode coming up, episode four, of course, we will keep having the episodic segments of Comic Spotlight and what I'm reading. Um, We will... Possibly have a new segment if something big comes up for news. We will see. Um, I'm thinking of topics that I want to do. I'm not completely sure yet. I know we're gonna have at least another one or two retro reviews probably because I think I'm gonna start going into phase two of um, of the Marvel movies. Although i have been debating doing some shows as well and doing some dc stuff because i want to do all comics properties for reviews not just marvel stuff so i might move into some dc stuff as well we will see i've been highly debating that Uh, like i might start from the i might do dc extended universe as well and um i I just uh, comic book properties in general in general even independent properties uh i want to into as well so i'm planning to do another one or two retro refuse. uh we will see uh what i land on depending and well i might not have disney plus for a little bit so i might not be able to be marvel stuff um necessarily so uh yeah um i will possibly have some other segments that i do i still do want to do a um a segment where i go into uh who some of my favorite uh comic book characters are i still do want to do one of those type of segments um and maybe some other more general stuff like that since i've never actually gone into um where my passions lie in comics so much and yeah maybe even uh talk about my favorite publishers and stuff something like that so we will see how it goes i still have yet to plan out if you guys didn't know if i haven't talked about this before i actually write an outline for each episode on uh, what the segments are going to be and what i'm going to talk about so i have um i know what where i'm going with each episode and where what the breakup of segments is going to be and yeah so um i've yet to land on all the topics for the next episode but stay tuned because i i have some ideas floating in my head and i think it could be an exciting time Anyway, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to follow on whatever, uh, on (laughs) whatever, um, site you were listening to this on, whatever format, um, very exciting stuff. I'm happy to say that this show is back, and we will see if I can try to keep it on a weekly or bi-weekly schedule. Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope to see you all in the future. And peace out. Bye.